Yeah, a lot of situations you're going into, you have that fear. And again, you can either back away from that and just stay in that comfort zone, which a lot of people do. Right. A lot of people have great ideas or they want to do all these things, and that's as far as it gets. But why not step into that fear? Yeah. Because another side of that, then something's going to happen. You're either going to get knocked down, but then pick yourself back up. And now you've got that experience of what caused you to be knocked down. Yep. Or, or if you're successful in breaking through that fear, you gain that confidence to then go to the next challenge. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. Check it out. My mission is to elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve men to be on purpose. That's it, plain and simple, but it's not that simple. It's a big mission, and that's what this show is for. I'm going to keep this intro super, super short. You need anything from me? Hit up the website, ianlobas.com, I-A-N-L-O-B-A-S.com, or mentalpurposepodcast.com. Anything from our Facebook community, our Mental Purpose Facebook community, our front runner, uh, deep dive, personal involvement retreats, our one-on-one coaching, our group coaching, literally anything you need to know about our guests, it's there. So let me get into it. First and foremost, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you. You have helped us become a powerhouse podcast on purpose. Love it, right? So let me tell you about my guest today. This conversation is deep. I mean, real deep. If you're a business owner, if you're thinking about starting a business, if you're an employee that is a manager or high level, like it doesn't matter who you are, you are going to benefit from this episode. So this is Robert Clinkenbeard. He's a CEO of the Radix Group. He was raised in Edinburgh, Scotland. He moved to Arizona in 1999 to find a better lifestyle. He was depressed. You'll hear throughout the interview. He just didn't see what was possible there, right? He's a serial entrepreneur, an author, a senior leader in EO, and a four-time Ironman. He's been married for eight years. He's got five kids, and he's playing rugby and doing all kinds of stuff. Now, let me tell you what attracted me to Robert. First of all, when you guys see this, if you see it on YouTube, this guy's intense, right? He knows his stuff, kind and smart and sweet. The the guy's got it all, right? And he's got that intense drive as an Ironman, an iron athlete, to just to go for things that he wants. But he had to build that. And it all started from small, small, small incremental growth and habit build and choices along the way. Two things actually that attracted me to Robert. Here's the first one. His company, The Radix Group, their motto is cultivate business growth through personal growth, right? Their goal is to remove the pain points for CEOs facing growth challenges, employee concerns, cash flow issues, among whatever other challenges business owners face and all this while guiding executives on how to build a roadmap for sustainable profit and quality of life. It has to be that. It has to be that. The business will grow to the extent that you do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Here's a line that I really, really love. And you just heard it in the clip, but I want to say it again. You're going to hear it two more times within the interview because it's so good. Only good things happen on the other side of fear. With that mindset, think about what you could push yourself through, right? So like, like Robert was competing in Ironman triathlete events. He's, get, he's just ultimate disciplines. He's got strategy. He's got execution. Then he wrote a book called The Ironman Mindset for Entrepreneurs to help entrepreneurs develop the same mindset as athletes that have succeeded by pushing their mental and physical limits beyond their current capabilities or what they thought was possible. An Ironman business doesn't come easy. You got to train your mind. You got to train your body by clearly defining your vision, laying out your strategic plan, and ensuring that you have the right people in place. Robert is literally going to go through how he built 
a $20 million, oh, and exited, right, and sold a $20 million landscape enterprise empire in the Southwest of the United States. All the things that he faced, the problems that employees had, thefts, the way that he kept himself going forward, the way he pushed through pain, and the way he wrapped his mindset, starting from opening his eyes in the morning, how he wrapped his mindset around his day, around his goals, and then obviously he exited that business. Now he helps you know, thousands of people around the world with their goals. So Robert also has his own podcast called The Commercial Landscaper, where he offers short weekly experience, uh, share interviews with experts around the world to keep a full 360 aspect of your life balanced. It's, 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 so, it's so clear, right? So check it out. This is a long interview. It's awesome. I'm not going to talk anymore. Robert Clinkenbeard, great dude. You're going to love this. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you. Here's the episode. All right, Robert, welcome to the Mental Purpose Podcast, my friend. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm excited. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, so let me just, um, let me fill the audience in on, on what really attracted me to you like just right off the bat, and it's something I just shared with you, but your group, the Radix group, your motto is cultivate business growth through personal growth. And although that sounds very simple, it's not. And the depth there is anything and everything that you want for your life will come through your personal growth and development, right? Yep. No, that's so true. I mean, I, you know, people ask the questions or where you're going and are you going to manage your team and how are you going to lead other people? But if you don't know who you are and where you're going, yeah. how the hell are you going to lead other people? Totally. And when you say, if you don't know who you are and where you're going, are you talking about uh, a personal mission statement or, or just understanding your path and your purpose in life? Like, like elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Your path and purpose in life. I mean, a lot of people, I, I you know, I work with somebody and they, it's probably worked with them for six months and they really struggled to understand where their path was, uh, what their purpose was in life. And eventually we had that breakthrough moment where we, we went deep. We just disappeared for a couple of days and went really deep. But a lot of people really struggle. They don't, they get so caught up in the day-to-day minutiae. They don't take the time to really, you know, spend that time, go deep, have those deep, meaningful thoughts and figure out what, what their journey is because they're, they're too busy trying to almost like satisfy other people. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, how many people out there, I, I think ourselves included, by the way, you know, I, I'm definitely guilty of that where I was caught up in, in business for so long, reaching and striving after the check and the next deal and the next uh, success point and the next trophy and accolade that that wasn't for me. I thought it was for me to calm the fear and the pain inside that I was feeling. And, and really the, the, the fear was insecurity of, of who the hell am I without any of this stuff. But it's really to, to make sure that everybody else knows, or for my example, it was to make sure everybody else knew that I was great. And if I wasn't thought of as great, who the hell would I be? And what would my value be? You know, like if I wasn't providing at a high level that I saw you know, my definition of a high level, if I wasn't providing that for the family, then what good was I as a provider and a husband and a father and a leader of my family, which 
you know, let's truth be told, I'm really not the leader of my family. My wife is. <laughs> well, <true. laughs> I'm just the face in front of the camera most of the time. My wife really runs the ship. She she allows me to sit up at the helm and pretend like this shit's my my bag. <laughs> she does a good job then. She does a really good job of, of making me believe that. Um, but no, I, I struggled with that for so long. And I want to get into your story. Like I... I I could not understand who I was without the money, without the business, without the success and the power that I had had gathered from that success. And, you know, the trophies on my wall or the accolades that I was getting or the attaboys or the, you know, at the, at the next, you know, team meeting, you know, the, the, all right, another time, you know, another month in a row, top producer Ian. And then I, I, I remember the shift in 2015, right before my daughter was born. I think we had sold, I don't know, a couple million dollars in real estate that month. And we were just killing it. And right. I said to my wife, you go up and get the award. And she was like, no, it's your award. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I'm embarrassed now. Like, I don't want that anymore. I don't want to be recognized. I'm not, this isn't right. Like, I'm not doing this for the right reasons. And I finally saw that. And I started to make that shift about six years ago. Yeah. So tell, get, into, uh, your, get into your background. Get into your background. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, I, I grew obviously up in Scotland. I, um, you know, it's, uh, spent 20 odd years in Scotland and, you know, Scotland's a great place. I mean, great people, um, you know, the golf, you've got the whiskey, you've got some really great things over there, but it, it definitely doesn't encourage you to be successful in life. Um, so I, after I went on a trip to Scottsdale, Arizona and had an amazing trip. I was, you know, it was in the winter of 98 and, uh, weather was great. I was, you know, one end of the valley, I was skiing, snowboarding, and another part of the the state, I was mountain biking, skydiving. Had an amazing time. But yeah. the, what really struck me was, uh, you know, Scottsdale is such a, a interesting place. It's got some beautiful houses there. Everything's all pristine. And then I came back to Scotland, and I was thinking, what, what the hell am I doing here? I mean, I was just like so depressed. I was, you know, I was, you know, almost beginning to tear up. I was sure. looking at the window. Um, the, the rain was bouncing off the window. It was gloomy. I just didn't really have anything going on for me. I just, I just gone through a divorce, and you know, here I was. I was seen as a, you know, a failure. Sure. My family, my parents were, you know, stand-up people in the community, a minister and a doctor, and here I was, their oldest son, going through a divorce and. And I just thought, what, what the hell am I doing here? And I thought, you know what? Life is too short. I can either stick where I am and just have that dead-end job working for the city, um, not really get anywhere in life. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm too determined for that. So within six months, I mean, I'd literally packed up, you know, sold my house, sold my car, and... You know, I moved moved out to the States. And here I was, I was thinking, well, I'm going to arrive at Phoenix Airport. I'm going to, they're going to hand me this million dollar check. <laughs> All right. So welcome to America. Here you're, you know, what, you know, land of dreams. Uh, you know, they have a limousine for me. They're going to take me to the Ritz Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And so, you know, I, I, 
you know, I thought, oh crap, here I am. I've got two suitcases, nowhere to live, and and that that obviously changed. I over the next few months, I tried to figure out, well, why do I need a social security number? Why do I need, um, you know, a credit history? I had none of that. It was it was brutal, but you know, I, I found a job. I um, you know, and then after a couple of years of after really grinding it hard, I was working during the day hard, and then I was going out at night to either uh, network, get to know people. I was playing rugby pretty hardcore at the yeah. time. I'm meeting some great people in there, and eventually I started my business in uh, 2001, and it was a, a, tr- a tremendous journey uh, starting my business. So. You know, that, that's a little bit about my background. Um, you know, obviously I'll go into more detail in a little bit, but uh, it, was, it was definitely thinking back to that moment in Scotland where I was just so depressed, nothing going on for me. And I was trying to figure out what, what did my journey look like? Where am I going? Am I just going to like, you know, go into oblivion and nothing, nothing really to show for it? Sure. What was going through your mind at that point? So I, I want to go back to the divorce. I was like that you know, not to dwell on the, the pain of divorce, but the pain of that divorce shifted something in you, a, a mindset, a, a thought pattern, something like that. But what was it that you were processing and why were you processing? Like, man, is this it? Like, were you thinking in terms of, I've got to find a purpose, I've got to find depth here? Or um, were you just like, what was the, what was the, um, trajectory that that you went through there because there there's there's a piece in who you were that caused the divorce divorce doesn't happen it's the result of something right so like who were you before then were you just i mean obviously i don't know you but i know you through like your bio and just and talking with the people that 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 uh uh, brought you over to me and introduced us you're a pretty driven determined guy have you always been like that or were you just completely lost and you had to actually like find that place inside of you yeah, I really had to dig deep. I mean, I, I'd, I'd been fairly successful just in terms of my sporting achievements, you know, yeah. played at a high level rugby, high level football or soccer, but not really done a great deal, um, you know, academically or, or in business. So I think that going through that divorce and really almost like the lowest point of my whole life, yeah, I figured out, well, what what am I doing? My I can I can go two different directions. I can either, you know, drink myself to happiness, um, take away all my pain through drinking, which is you know, we don't really have a great deal of drugs in Scotland, but yeah, we we were big drinkers there. Right. Or or I could just dig deep and figure out I want to make, you know, my life uh, something, and that's where I think thinking through you know my visit to Scottsdale and thinking well all these people are are not all much much better than me what what can I do in my life to have a better lifestyle have a nicer house have some type of purpose in life where I can look back on it and think yep I, I had a great living what was there something that sparked that was a catalyst was there like a book you read or was it just the visit to America inspired you because you know there there's a lot of um for lack of a better word call them like immigrant stories that say like like arnold schwarzenegger's story when he first read a, the the muscle and fitness book and he saw what america could do and he started becoming obsessed and in, in his class 
he started becoming obsessed with the infrastructure, the bridges, the cars, the hotels, the airlines, like everything painted a picture of possibility for him. What was that catalyst for you? Because there are guys out there that are even very high level, a lot of money. They have the house, the family, the cars, the toys, the vacations, the money, the bank account. But inside, they're lost. They're empty. They're, they're, they feel like shit. Even though on the outside, you think, man, life should be phenomenal. You're, you've got a million bucks in the bank or 10 million in the bank. But inside, they're missing so much. What was that no, catalyst for you? The, the catalyst was just trying to picture myself leveling up leveling up to another level, seeing how other people live. That was a catalyst to, to move to the States, to, you know, take that risk to start the business. That was a catalyst there. But I, I think you're 100% right that once I went through that and became successful through my business, and yeah, I've, I've had all the nice cars, I've had the nice houses, but I, I, I then had some other pivotal moments in my life where, Again, I wanted to, I wanted to make a difference in others. Sure, sure. I wanted other people to level up. I just felt as though, you know, I I had that drive, and I was surrounded by the right people. What what can I do to make an impact on other people? And that that's I think where I've my journey has now ended, or not ended, but certainly at the point I'm at right now, where what can I do in my life to make an impact on others? so that they can achieve their full potential. Yeah, I, I, talk about this, I talk about this a little bit in my book, and one of the points I make is around mindset. Yeah. I, I feel as though people are only operating at 40% of their potential, of their capacity. If, yeah, if that. If that. And then, you know, when you hit those types of roadblocks or barriers or challenges, whether it be a divorce or whether it be something else, Again, what, what happens, you either, you know, you fall down and you stay down there and you, just, you wallow in it, or you pick yourself back up. And if it, that means picking yourself up five, 10 times, 15 times, and I think that's where that whole Scottish determination kicks in. Sure. Yeah, I love and that. What's, and, what, and what's that motivation to carry yourself through those challenges? And it goes back to a point you made earlier. What what is that that impact? Where you want to go in life? What does that journey look like? What's that that northern star you're aiming towards? Yeah. So I mean, you're really you're limiting the voices inside that tell you just to stay down because they their brain wants to keep you safe. It doesn't want you pushing and testing and taking risks. It just doesn't. You know. Yeah. And 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 the thing that I'm reminded when you when you talk about that is you've got to have a vision bigger than you. You have to have a vision for, for either helping, serving, doing something for the world, something like that. I mean, that's what, again, as a successful guy in real estate sales and marketing, I had everything I possibly wanted to have, except I was freaking miserable inside. And I knew that that wasn't it. And every day, I didn't know how to do it, but I would ask myself the question, is this really it? Is this really it? Like, I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to die like this. I mean, I know maybe something else will come down the pike, but this is what I'm meant to do in my life. Like, I don't think I was even operating at 20% of my capacity right. or, or capability. And, and you, you, sp- you, you spoke about something in there that I want to point out to the audience, which is environment. Not just the environment outside of you, but the environment in your mind and what you're feeding the environment. And 
that's language, right? That's words that you're using. That's talk that you're using to yourself, you know, stopping that negative self-talk or that head trash and fueling your brain with something that can keep you pushing forward and not stopping you. But also the environment that you saw in Arizona was one of much more possibility, even limitless possibility than you had seen at home, right? Would that be accurate? No, absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, in Scotland, they're again, great people, but sure. they definitely try to push you down. And any time there are people that tend to rise above the crop, they tend to almost go out their way to chop them down. I don't know, I don't know why they have that attitude, but there's definitely not that same attitude as you have over here where sure. you know, you're trying to be successful in business or in life or whatever that success looks like. Yeah, I mean, aren't you, aren't you proof that you thought about it, right? You've generated that, that thought process in your mind and then you just you figured out a way to do it. I mean, that, you just didn't limit. You didn't let the exterior limit you. That's pretty, I mean, that's pretty special, right? But, but yeah, not special yeah. at the same time. It's a choice. It's a choice. And, you know, I, I have a saying that uh, only good things happen on the other side of fear. And yeah. it, I feel as though I've, I've experienced that where, yeah, a lot of situations you're going into, you have that fear. And again, you can either back away from that and just stay in that comfort zone, which a lot of people do. Right. A lot of people have great ideas or they want to do all these things and that's as far as it gets. But why not step into that fear? Yeah. Because another side of that, then something's going to happen. You're either going to get knocked down, but then pick yourself back up. And now you've got that experience of what caused you to be knocked down. Yep. Or, or if you're successful in breaking through that fear, you gain that confidence to then go to the next challenge. Yeah. And you keep celebrating those small wins along the way. Totally. That's a good point. You got to celebrate the small wins. I think, Maybe, maybe you share the same thing. My experience in business, and I was very successful in my father's business before I started in real estate. I only celebrated the end. And then you're anxious all the way up. So you're locked on this outcome that if it doesn't happen, your entire world is crumbled. It's, it's, it's toast. But meanwhile, you did successful things along the way. Like my dad would always say to me, and, and obviously like, I I'm hoping like most people, we are, our, our father's, uh, those of us who are fortunate enough to have fathers that are like really involved, uh, they can tell us so many great things to guide us, but it's up to us to listen. And my dad would say, listen, yeah, my-, true. <laughs> <laughs> <So> true. <laughs> my, my experiences cost a lot less than yours, dude. My lessons cost a lot less. Like you can learn from me or you can learn from you. It's your call, but just let me give you some advice. And he, and he would, but he would always say to me, look, what you did, like you have to celebrate the fact that you got a call with this client. Like I've been trying to get a call with this client for 10 years. You somehow followed him to his golf course and then stalked him at his grocery store and got an appointment with him. Like Mm -hmm. celebrate that. And I didn't listen enough. I celebrated a little bit or, you know, like, Hey, you were the guy that they called at two in the morning and you got a hundred trucks to, to, to pick up freight the next morning by 5. AM celebrate that. Forget about the delivery and getting paid. If you do your job, all you got to do is figure out the how and you'll get paid. Don't fig, don't, don't celebrate the paycheck. That's going to come if you do your job and if you're being the right person. But yeah. I didn't listen as much as I should have until, like I said, around that 2014, 2015 um, point in my life where 
I started to celebrate the little things. Like I got up this morning and gave gratitude for every damn thing I have that's amazing in my life. Like, first of all, I open my eyes and I can see, put my feet on the ground and I can freaking stand. And for anybody that's listening that says, I don't have anything to be grateful for, you know, maybe you're going through a divorce, or you've had a loss of a family member, or you lost your job or your business went under in COVID, whatever. If your ass can get up, your ass can see, and you can brush your teeth and drink some water in the morning, you got reason to celebrate. Start there. Foundational shit, right? Foundational. That's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people don't celebrate those small, those small wins and uh, the, the humility. And yeah, I, I'm a firm believer. Yeah, even if it's just a simple win, sure. then it just gets the ball rolling. Totally. Yeah, and you're 100%. building that environment. I want to talk a little bit more about environment, both in your mind, in your physical environment, and then the environment you create in your business. So like environment in your mind, you have to fuel with positive stuff like that. Even if you've got to force yourself, it's still resonating in some sort of energy within you that's going to drive your day. If you start negative and you get up and you're grumpy and you're, just, you're like hobbling around, you pound a bunch of coffee and just trigger that nervous system, you will have those results all day, all week, all month, all year, as long as you perpetuate that. But the moment that you can wake up and go, man, I'm really grateful to be in this house. You know, might be gloomy out, but at least it's not like pouring snow or something, you know, like you're just starting just anything you can find to start that environment in your brain and then your environment around you. You know, people ask me, why do you love Los Angeles so much? And I said, well, first and foremost, it's where my wife is from. And so I love it because she loves it and we love it together. And I found a love for it that she showed me how to love Los Angeles different than a tourist, you know, tourists go to Hollywood and go to the beach and Santa Monica Pier right. and, but that, but she taught me how to love LA from a local's perspective. And I figure I like, I fell in love the moment I saw it through her eyes. And so they asked me like, why do you spend so much time in Los Angeles? Why do you want to live there? Why do you want to raise your kids there? And I say, look, it's, it's a place that you can, all you have to do is open your eyes and you see limitless possibility, not, not just in wealth, but like you can find anything you want in LA. Like with money, you can find anything you want. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? But when you look up on the hill, what you're looking at is people that push the boundaries of engineering in the 1900s, not like 10 years ago, like 100 years ago plus. And they said, yeah, we could squeeze a house on that cliffside. No, no problem. Oh, it's a 10,000 square foot house. Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll snake a driveway in and we'll do an underground garage. No problem. So like the environment that you're in, if it's not promoting your growth, change environments, change mindset and habits and change people in your world, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, 100%. And you have to take those, you know, those baby steps to make that happen. It's not just a case of thinking about it. Yeah. Take that first step. Yeah. You know, I, I always remember um, a good example of this would be, you know, I was about eight or nine weeks out from my first Ironman race. And I've been, I've been training my ass off. I've been training, you know, for six, seven months, you know, 15 to 25 hours a week. And there was a big, I was in a big um, uh, bike group and one of the guys in front of me fell. So there was a huge bike wreck. I mean, there was literally 20, 30 guys went down uh, on his corner and I ended up damaging my shoulder. So here I am, I'm thinking, oh my God, I've been doing all this training. Right. And I've got this race coming up. There's no way I can swim. There's no way I can get through this race. But, you know, my, my, my mindset kicked in. I thought, you know what? I, I'm not going to let this 
kick me down. I'm not going to let this beat me. I've been through too much of my life. I've been through too much training, brutal long days training. I'm just going to allow all my training I've done up until now to hopefully push me through this. So yeah, I didn't swim up until the race day, but I was still out there biking. I was all bandaged up. I was still out there running. <laughs> I was making sure the nutrition was right yep. because I wanted to be successful. I had a, a goal at the end of me. I had, you know, my wife and kids were going to be at the finish line. I had something to work towards. Yeah. I was able Great. to go back to my friends and my family and say, hey, I did this. Yeah, I love that. That's a really great point. I mean, having a goal in mind and setting goals to understand where you're going, I mean, they help you along your way. They're, they're a, a blueprint or a roadmap. I mean, you have to. It's the only way. If you don't have goals, you're just existing in life, and that's just not a life on purpose. Not in my definition, not on this show. You know what I mean? No, 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 I agree. Yeah, and I think I, there's, you know, when I talk about in the book about my other point being being intentional in life, yeah. because I think there's so many of us that, again, we, we're, we're beat up. We, we, especially guys, you know, they have this ego. They're, they're, they're supposed to think or show everybody around them that they know everything. But a lot of these guys really struggle with, you know, where they're going and, and some of the pressures on them to sure. perform in business, perform around their family, around friends, and just show them how well they're doing. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I see them struggle even from the, the moment they get out of bed. Immediately they're going into the phone, they're looking at their, their emails, they're getting yep. caught up in all the social media, and that's what's driving them on their, their daily habits. Yeah. And I'm, I, in my book I talk about Forget about all the social media and the emails. What are the things that you want to achieve by the end of the day? What are the things that are going to drive you on as a person? What's going to drive you on my journey to where I'm going? What are some of the things I can do in my business by the end of the day and then celebrate it? So be, be intentional about every single day rather than being driven by others or by, driven by your mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, goes back to the, one of the first points, like worrying about what other people think and re realizing that you can live for you and it doesn't make you a dick. It doesn't make you an asshole. It means that you're living for you. And as long as you're not being anything, you know, not intentionally trying to hurt others or malicious toward others, there's no reason why you can't live for you. You have to live for you. You know, I had this conversation with my friend a couple of weeks ago, he came out to visit me. And he said, you know, I, I want to do all this stuff. It might sound amazing, but won't that be selfish? I have kids, I have a wife. And I said, yes, it will be selfish, but not the definition that you're used to by society and school standards. It will be selfish and it'll benefit you because if you don't work on you, then what happens when you go or something happens to you? Like, think about the family in that case. And we processed yeah. through that. And he said, you know what? You're right, dude. And I said, dude, I'm all, all I'm telling you to do is get up, say three pieces of gratitude brush your teeth and drink water. That's it. That's selfish. You're calling it selfish, but if you don't take care of yourself, isn't that selfish? And if you're yeah. thinking about your family, then the most selfish thing you can do is not take care of yourself for them, for the future, for legacy, for, for, for all that stuff, you know? Yeah, no, so true. And I, and you know, unfortunately one of my really good friends who 
didn't keep, take care of himself and here he was, he was building his business to have a, a nice lifestyle once he sold it and, you know, travel the world. And he, he passed away because he didn't take care of himself. Damn. And now his wife is, uh, I think he had three kids that are now struggling to pick up all the pieces hmm. because he just didn't take care of himself. He worked too hard. Yeah. He didn't set enough time aside to work on where he was going to do either some fitness or things he was passionate about. And it, it caught up with him way too early. How old was he? Well, he was 52, Damn. 51, 52. Way, way too young. Way I too mean, young. He, he, he was literally just about to start negotiations and selling his business. And he had this... He was going to do a world tour. He was going to do all this other stuff, take his family on. And that's all down the drain home. Oh, so his business wasn't sold. So now he left that on his family. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. You know, I think, I think we hear instances like that and we go, yeah, well, that's not us. That's not me. I take pretty good care of myself. And you don't know when it's you, you know, and I, I, there's so many guys that don't get checkups. And like I did a, Facebook post a couple weeks ago, I got a, a colonoscopy and I said, look, guys, if you want to be on purpose with your health, you can be in the gym all you want. But if you're not checking the internal, if you're not checking your heart and your, and your blood pressure and, and stuff that's going on with your intestines, like you're, you're, you could be asking for trouble later on. Yeah. And there is a part and responsibility that we have to our families that we have to take care of ourselves. We have to, I mean, obviously shit happens and, and, and people just drop dead. But if you can, if you can make the time, I mean, if you can't make the time, then you're saying to your family, I'm selfish. I don't yeah, care. No, I don't care. So much. Yeah. And there's too many yeah. guys that are stuck with the money aspect and thinking, you know, I, I talk to guys all the time in my coaching business. And when I speak on stage or who call me from this and they're like, yeah, I don't agree with you about legacy. And I'll say, what, is your, what do you not agree with? And they go, legacy is money. And I go, legacy is not money. That's just a part of legacy. Like if you're an asshole to your kids and you're non-existent and you don't take care of yourself and you die early, but you leave a ton of money, what good did you actually do? What legacy did you actually leave? Did you actually change yeah. a generation or did you just support the same shit that you dealt with to the new generation who has now more pain because you just left some money and all they wanted was their dad, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they'd rather spend time with their dad and totally. do that bonding, watching yeah. sports, and just bring them up as being really good kids. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. That's, I, I, it, like you, I've heard so many countless stories of people, especially guys, thinking it's all about money and show and cars and houses. And yeah. I, I think all that's bullshit. It is. <laughs> it is. And listen, not saying that that's not fun. Not saying that no. it's not fun to have a cool car, but it can't be the identity. It can't be no. the reason why like you bought the car to be impressive to those people or to get the girl or to get the guy or whatever it might be. I mean, it doesn't matter. Your intentionality yeah. has a lot to do with this stuff. And that, and what you're saying is start the intentionality first thing in the morning and it will start to build a foundation of intentionality all throughout the day as you set your goals for the day and set your goals for the week. I mean, what you're saying, Robert, is very easy for people to do. A couple pieces that you're happy for, gratif grateful for in the morning. And just take five minutes and just say, like, this is what I'd like to accomplish today. And this will fit the bigger picture of the month, the quarter, the year, right? Yeah, that's so true. It's so easy. And even, and even do simple things like, you know, if there's people that you are grateful to or friends you haven't spoken to in a long time, just reach out to them. Yeah. You know, rather than 
just reach out to when you want something, just reach out to them on a regular basis and just check in with them. Because, yeah. you know, there's so many, again, people out there who have this shell around them that are hiding behind that shell. Yeah. But they really have real struggles and real, real feel, uh, fears behind mm-hmm. them. Just reach out to them. Check in with them. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, and, and really, for those who are listening who say, yeah, all my friends are cool, they're good, I, I don't know who I would reach out to, I can guarantee you that eight out of 10 of those friends, you know, I'm sure this is your experience too, eight out of 10 of those people have pain, they're hurting. And they might not know how to accept somebody who just unconditionally says, I care and I just wanted to talk to you about you and like, how are you doing? If there's anything I can help you with, you let me know. But like most people are struggling. Most men who are achieving at a high level, in my opinion, in my experience and yours too, they're struggling with that internal conflict of they're not enough or it's not good enough or I'm unhappy all the time or why can't I be happy? Like my friends look like they're happy and they have the same amount of money I do. Why can't I be happy? Well, the truth is yeah. they're probably not happy either, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, like you, I mean, a lot of my coaching clients or in a different part of different business groups. So, yeah. you know, I'm around a lot of people and you're right. I would say seven, eight out of 10 people have some real challenge going on in their life, personal, family, business. Yeah. But, you know, they, they mask it, they shield it. But, you know, deep down it's, you know, they're either, you know, struggling for sleep or it's just gnawing away at them or they're maybe eating bad because of, you know, they're trying to hide those or maybe they're drinking too much. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. they're just trying to mask those fears. And what we're talking about here is, is, is real, honest, authentic fulfillment in life mm-hmm. and happiness, right? You, you, you're, you can run the biggest business, you can have the coolest cars, you can have the biggest house, but like you have to, the same thing we said in the, the first sentence of this, of this podcast is you are going to, everything outside is going to grow to the extent that you do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you and I have a great mission in life to, you know, help other men. And it's not just men. I have, I have women clients too, coaching clients. It, it, I, don't, I don't discriminate. But my mission is to make sure that the guy I used to be, you know, the guy that you used to be, those guys have an outlet to be able to get to a place where they actually feel fulfilled, happy, content, and understanding like this is the life I truly want to live. That's, that's, a, that's a big mission, a huge mission. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. If, you, if you get those people to really live the life and make an impact, you know, they need to be happy in themselves. Yeah. And once they're happy, once they're fulfilled, then they can lift up the people around them. Yes. Great point. Yeah, really great point. So what about mindset? Like I want to talk about mindset. Where where does someone even begin with this? You know, like people might look at you and say, Yeah, well, Robert, you have a mindset. I mean, you run Ironmans and and that takes a very type specific type of determination and drive and desire and discipline. But that wasn't always you. So where did you start with I mean, obviously we know your story coming here and, and, and starting to build some businesses, but like, where did you start to shape and craft your mindset to get you to those places, to get you the business you have now and to, to be the guy you are today and to be able, an Iron Man many times over? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, just again, you're right. I, I, I wasn't, <laughs> it's not in my <laughs> DNA, right. but I think I've just over the years, I think between, you know, I think one of the first serious blows was that was that divorce. Yeah. But then when you go into business or when you go into other relationship challenges, 
there's, there's always things that are going to kick you. There's always things that are going to put you down. And again, it's that simple choice of, you know, looking at one direction and figuring out, okay, I'm going to let this person do this to me and I'm going to stay down and just wallow. Or I'm going to, I'm going to fight back and, and, and I'm a fighter. And I think over the years, I've become stronger and stronger at that. You know, again, in my business side, you know, we had some really brutal lawsuits we went through. I've had some, you know, key employees who have been with me for years and suddenly they turn around and I find out, you know, that they're stealing money. Mm. And you go through some really <laughs> challenges that really beat you up and take you down to the depths. And, you know, you, you really have to think about that. Say, so, well, why are people doing this to me? Um, I don't think it's necessarily personal, sure. but I'm not going to let that person, you know, shape my life. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to fight through this, and I'm going to shape my own life. Yeah, I want the best for for me, for my family. I want to lift lift the people around me who really want to be lifted. So I just I just fight through it, and I learn from every experience I go through. Yeah. So there's, yeah, along the way, there's been numerous knockdowns. There's been numerous, you know, <laughs> kicks to every part of my body. Right. You know, probably the rugby field has toughened me up. Right. Uh, a lot of my many other falls. But um, I, I just have developed this really positive mindset. And I try and help my clients through that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, something I want to, touch on here is um what you said earlier it only good happen only good things happen on the other side of fear i, I really like that line and it, it reminds me of a line from um uh, jimmy iovine who was the uh, founder of interscope records and uh subsequently sold beats headphones to apple for three billion dollars oh wow yeah <laughs> and, and he said um i made a determination you know, as scared as I was, he says, look, I'm still scared. I, I walked into Apple, like I threw up in the, in the parking lot. I walked in there the day I was going to sell beats and I, I, I was so terrified. But he said, what I decided to do was make fear my tailwind instead of a headwind. And I pushed into and make a con made a conscious choice to step into the next fear bubble, knowing that it wouldn't bury me because I wouldn't let it, but that I would learn something from it and I would continue on stronger because of it. So he made you know, it made him fear pushed him instead of held him back. And that's the same thing you're saying. Like yeah, when this absolutely. shit happens, your mindset is your choice. You know, they, the, I, I've had a, I've had a partner steal half a million bucks plus for me. And I, wow. it was just a couple of years ago. And, and wow. I sat at the bank and I was in tears and I'm like, Oh my God, my wife's going to kill me. Like, how could I be this irresponsible? How could I, how could I have let this happen? And my employees and my, you know, all the properties that we had and like, oh my God, all these people are going to sue me. I'm in shit. Oh my God. But at that point I said, all right, look, it happened. So what can I do from this? What can I learn from this? The universe delivered this. Like it is here with me and I'm not going to shake this fast. Like I can't wiggle out of this. What was this designed for? And who can I grow through this experience? Who can I grow into through this experience? If I don't do that, if I didn't do that, I'd be flipping burgers right now. I would have right. shut down. And I, I, yeah. I thought about it too. I thought maybe I'm not cut out for business. Maybe I'm trying to do this for the wrong reasons. Maybe I should just go get a job like my mom wanted me to, or like my mother-in-law wanted me to, or, you know, <laughs> but I talked to somebody and they said, look, man, this happened for a reason. 
find the reason and grow. Find the reason or you'll fail when you shut this thing down. And then you will, de- you will detonate everything that you've worked hard for. You have a kid, a kid on the way. Your wife is counting on you, your parents, your wife's parents, anybody that you support mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, like they're counting on you to make it through this and to grow. You can make it through and be the same guy, but it'll happen again. But if you grow through this, you really like lock in those lessons, you'll be smarter and a better business owner. And it's just going to happen. I think, I think it's the trials and tribulations. It's like the, it's, it's just what happens to business owners. It's like, it's the, it's the trial by fire, man. You, it's, it's a rite of passage, right? That's true. But it, you know, it, it makes you stronger at the end yeah. of the day. You know, if you break through that challenge and you get the confidence in dealing with such a, a challenging situation like you went through, then you come out stronger and you think, oh, wow, I, I came out relatively unscathed. Right. Oh, the what, money. What? Money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, money. Obviously the money comes and goes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're young, you can make that up. But, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people who don't deal with it that way. And, sure. um, but I, I think just breaking through those types of barriers and coming out stronger and learning from it. Sure. And then saying, okay, what's, what's the next challenge? I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to be ready for this. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm well, up what, for the challenge. What were you going through inside? I mean, you have a lot of employees. I mean, how many employees did you have at that point when, when you found out some really key people were stealing from you? How many employees did you have? Well, I probably had, you know, peak number of employees, 350 employees. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I set them up for success. The way, the way I operated my business, I, I said to people, I, I want to, uh, you to think as though you have your own little business, but without the risk. Yeah. So your own little business unit. I want you to go out there. I want you to sell. I want you to be successful and grow. And I'll support you in that growth. I'll coach you. Yeah. And when I found out that they were, you know, using my money to advertise, mm-hmm. go out and do the work, and then funnel the money directly into their own accounts. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was devastated. <laughs> I just yeah. like felt as if somebody stabbed me in the back. Yeah. Did you feel and, you know, trust? to your other employees? I mean, what was it like for you to walk into the office the next day? And like, did you, did you question everybody or how did you deal with that? No, I didn't question everybody. I was, I was obviously pretty, I, I, I think I was just more fixated on damaging damage control. Yeah. Figure yeah. out how widespread this was, how much money had they stolen from me? And I, you know, obviously we went to, to plug all the holes. We, we got rid of them really quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, going back to your point, you know, when you do let go of an employee for one reason or another, I think you automatically go and look around your company and who are the, who are the other people in the company not performing? What's yeah. going on with them? Yeah. I was always driven to try and get eight players in my company. Because I wanted to trust them. I wanted to make them be successful. Sure. Um, so I think that just naturally happened after I parted ways with certain employees. Yeah, I mean, it kind of helps people fall in line. What, what, tell everybody what your business was again. So a commercial landscape company. We were probably one of the biggest in the Southwest region. We had four branches in Phoenix, one up in uh, Nevada. And we did all high-end commercial properties. We did all huge HOAs. We had office buildings, retail parks. But, you know, we, we took, we almost changed the game within our market. Yeah. Most of the other companies you'll typically see where 
beat up trucks, no uniforms of employees. We yeah. we had all professional trucks, everything uni everybody uniform. We trained people, everything was just high level equipment, and so we just took that industry to another level within our market. I love and I that. think that's what's got the spotlight on us. And nationally to, you know, we, we did have an exit back in 2016 where, you know, a $4 billion company came in and bought us because we were probably, the, we felt, they felt as though we were the pillar company in the Southwest. That's awesome. Which was, uh, yeah, just exciting for us sure. that we were recognized that way. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely, but what, what's exciting even looking back now, and it's been five years since that sale, is that a lot of the employees that I developed into middle or senior managers are now owning their own business. That's cool. That's really cool. Because I felt as though I brought in the entrepreneurial spirit into them. I, I encouraged them to create their own little business units and treat it like their own business. So, you know, hopefully, if back to the point you made earlier, hopefully I was like their father and they actually listened to me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where they actually went on to, to do their own thing. So that's you know, super satisfying for me to see that happen. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's legacy. That's, yeah. that's a legacy. It's not just yeah. about the money. It's about what you can help them do farther on when you're not there, when you're not in their day-to-day. -day. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and even take that further it's legacy for now thousands of employees and their families yeah yeah it's not just like a handful of people it's all the yeah. people that they're touching exactly it's exponential yeah it's a it's a, it's a um ripple effect out and yeah. i think that i think uh, there are so many business owners that i know that focus on their little ecosystem and keeping their employees in versus versus you know, pushing their employees to grow, to learn. You know, I build a lot of businesses for people through my coaching business. And I'll say to people, look, you're going to train them so that they have the ability to quit, but you're going to lead them so that they don't want to quit. That's the only way to do this. And that's how I made mistakes doing that. And when I got really good at leadership and training and coaching my employees to be the best they could be, some of them left, but it was up to me to make that mindset change and, and that shift and that I helped them do that. They didn't leave me and there's no scarcity here. It's abundance. Like they, they're taking an opportunity with me and they're going out into the world and that's cool. That's awesome. Like I did that. I helped with that. I mean, I didn't do the work for them, but I was a guide and a mentor and a, and a coach and a leader for them. And now they're able to create a new opportunity for their family and generations to come. That's awesome. And that was a big yeah, mindset. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so huge. I want to talk huge. to you about, um, um, the difference between working in and on your business, because I find that a lot of the high level business owners and entrepreneurs that I talk to, the ones that are really miserable are in their business all the time and they're not working on themselves or on their business. And I know that that's something that you have an expertise in. So just, just let's talk about that for a second. What's the big difference? How do you get out of that, that, uh, that cycle, vicious cycle as it might be? to be able to work on your business and on yourself to grow it. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> Just get, get out the frigging business. Um, no, I, probably 90% of the people I come across or, or coach initially start coaching with, they're all working in a business and, and they wonder why they're miserable. Yeah. They yeah. wonder why they, they get home at the end of the night. They're just exhausted 
they then take out some of the frustrations on their family. Yeah. They're not spending time with their family, either at dinner or some of the sporting events. And I, I really go in and I really push hard to get them out of the business. And, you know, that might just start with some simple things. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what I call quality time box, QTBs. Just start allocating some time blocks during the week. Maybe start off with one or two to to work on either yourself or on your business. Where where are you taking your business? Where, where are you going in life? And if you just allocate a little bit of time, you know, I usually find the simplest way to start is maybe a couple of hours on a Friday, and just lock yourself away, go somewhere offsite. Yeah. Um, and just figure out where, where am I going in my journey? What does that journey look like? And then, you know, maybe next week, bump up to a couple of hours or a couple of time blocks. But, you know, as you're going through that, one of the exercises I go through is we'll identify who are the key people in the company and what skill level and are they A, B, or C players? Mm-hmm. because you really need those key people in place to allow you to step away more from your business. And if you don't have those people, you either need to change those people or preferably coach those people into A players. Yeah. And then once you have those players in place, then, you know, what, what are some of the, you know, what's their roadmap look like? Do, or do they know where they're going? Do they have, um, you know, KPIs to be able to manage the business. You know, when I when I had when I was training twenty hours a week, you know, I, it wasn't just I, I didn't just step away. You know, I had to make sure that the people were in place, and I need to needed to make sure that my schedule was super tight. But I, I the people and the senior leaders I had in place all had. KPIs, they all had critical numbers so that if I was either traveling or even just, you know, at my vacation house, I was able to check in in a dashboard and see how their their business unit was performing. Yeah. But it, it was definitely a long process, but it's, it's doable. Yeah. And you have, you have to start. You can't just expect to do the same thing every single day and expect different results. No, that's, that's a, that's a given. That's a total given. Where does somebody start with that? So would you say start with just blocking 30 minutes on a Friday for yourself and start building a habit that way? Yeah. 30 minutes on a Friday, but then maybe next week bump up to an hour, but yeah, really block out those quality time blocks on a weekly basis and then just slowly start increasing them. And, and I, and rather than you getting off on being the go-to guy, yeah, when people come into your office and you take pride in answering every single one of their questions, yep, turn around to them and say, "How would you deal with that?" <laughs> Love that. How 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 would you handle that? Get them to start thinking about it. Stop enabling them. So empower, not enable. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, man. I mean, what do you, that's so cool. And you exited that business with like, what'd you, would you sell that for 20 million? Yeah, I sold it for 20 million. 
Um, that's awesome, man. And, you know, yeah, I, I could have easily gone off and gone to somewhere nice and sure. sat on the beach, but <laughs> right. that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. So I, I you know, I'd, I'd get bored. I'd yeah, get bored after being on vacation for a week or two. So, <laughs> you know, how, how can I go into either business leaders or owners and make an impact on them? How yeah. can I help them make less mistakes than I did? Yeah. How can, that, they, how can they work on, you know, work, spending time with their family or something they're passionate about? Yeah. Was that uh, at, at one, at what point, if, if it ever, but I'm sure you did, did your vision shift um, and you realized that the landscape empire that you had built was the means to an end and you knew that your calling was bigger and that the landscape business taught you what you needed to know for that bigger calling. Did you ever realize that while in the business? I, I, I don't think I did. I think, um, I mean, I knew that the business was giving, providing me a, with a nice lifestyle. Sure. And, but I think, and I almost felt as I was beginning to, I don't know if I necessarily get bored of it, but it just wasn't giving me what I yeah. wanted. Yeah. So I think that's why I started to push for bigger and better things. I, you know, I got into my Ironman races. I got into being on board of directors for, for different associations. I became a senior leader with um, Entrepreneurs Organization. Again, steering those leaders in different companies in multiple markets to learn better to be better people so i think that's how i started to push myself i i don't think it was consciously doing that i just yeah. felt compelled to do it yeah and and what you realize and correct me if i'm wrong is there's so much more give that you had than just as a business owner and as a, an employer and a, and a leader and a boss and a coach there's so much more that you had i mean look what you're doing for entrepreneurs all over the world you know, and, and these organizations and these EOs, like think about how exponential that is now. So you talked about how you empowered these, your employees, and now they're going out and they're, and now, now that's like thousands deep, 10, maybe tens of thousands, but these, you know, what you're doing now on this, this even more elevated calling could be millions, hundreds of thousands or millions of people inspired by your one life, your series of choices that you've made in life to not get knocked down and stay down. I mean, just think about how little that is. And I'm painting that picture for anybody that's thinking like they want to work in their business till they die. Just take a second on a weekend, you know, have a couple beers, loosen yourself up, whatever you need to do. I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying whatever you do to loosen up, go run, go whatever. Like think about what, it, what else is possible knowing what you know from your business, exiting your business, hopefully getting some cash out of it, and then going on to, to continue making bigger ripples in the world. Like that's, that's freaking awesome. That's really awesome. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just, that's what gets me out of bed. I'm out every morning, 3.30 in the morning. Nice. That's awesome. Enthusiastic. <laughs> Cause I, I want to go out there and help people. Yeah. You I know, love that. Man. Calls with clients and, India, Australia, and just to hear their excitement and actually hear them taking in what I'm seeing, yeah. taking down all their notes. I mean, that really gives me a, 
pub, a real buzz every single day. I don't need to drink anymore. Right. <laughs> right. That's so cool, man. So let, let, where can people, uh, where can people find you? Cause I, I don't, I don't even know what time. Oh shit. Sorry. Three o'clock. Um, where can people find you and, and uh, give the name of your podcast. It's the commercial landscaper, right? Commercial landscaper podcast. It's yep. uh, even though it's aimed towards the green industry, we have business leaders on from all different industries. Yeah. Um, my website is radixgroupllc.com. Right. You'll have a, you can get tools in there. There's assessments, there's surveys, there's diagnostic tools, all things that are going to help you in improving either yourself personally uh, or in your business. And then my book, of course, um, the Ironman Mindset for Entrepreneurs is on Amazon. Yeah. And that, that, that's a great way for you to get inspired and take that first steps on improving yourself. Yeah. Leveling up. Yeah. How, like, how can I find out where I'm going in life? Yeah. It's a great question to ask yourself. Yeah. Where am I going and how can I find out where I'm going? You can yeah. listen to this show. You can listen to Robert's show. You can read Robert's book. I mean, there's, God, there's so many resources out there. There really is no excuse not to have the life you want. Zero. Zero. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing holding you back. No, except for you. I mean, frankly, yeah. that's it. Nothing sure. else exactly. in the external holds you back. And yeah. I, I meet, I meet so many guys that blame their wives, blame their kids, blame the financial, blame the job, blame, blame their weight, but they just don't realize that they're a choice away from changing all of that stuff. It really is just a choice. It's a, it's a choice. You know, my partner Aaron, he uh, does this thing with goal setting called leads and lags. And he says, you know, there are lag indicators. Like I want to lose 15 pounds. That's a lag indicator. But the lead indicators are buy a pair of running shoes. That's it. And go home. Yeah. Go to the gym, get your membership, go home. Like you don't have to go to the gym and start working out four hours a day. Just go to get the membership. Like yeah, I've or even, a, even what's putting in, what you're putting in your mouth. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Make a different decision. Just a choice. Make a different decision with what you put in. Totally. It's, it is just that simple. It's one choice away from the goal. And it's a series yeah. of choices that will get to the goal and beyond it, most likely, because most people set goals yeah. that just aren't big enough. I, and, and celebrate along the way. Celebrate yes. the small wins. Yeah. If you have one day of a, a good day of eating, celebrate yeah. it. Celebrate, yeah. And if, you, if you go and sign up for a gym, then celebrate it. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up if you fall off one day. It's okay. Just get yeah. back on. <laughs> just get back yeah. on. You know, I was <laughs> training hard. Um, I, I was a master swim instructor and I trained a lot of Ironman athletes and uh, triathletes for the swim and, um, and transition to the bike. And so I started training. I'm like, why am I on the outside of the water? I'm a trained you know, professional <laughs> swimmer. Get my ass in that water. And I honestly said to Aaron, I, I, I don't want to like do this. I don't, I like, and he goes, well, you're thinking about swimming 2000 yards. You're not thinking about the fact that you need to buy a new suit new goggles, get the gym membership, go there. And I honestly worked myself through these small little things. Like I got the membership and I went home. I went, I changed in the locker room, changed back and went home. I started building habits each week. So by the time I got to the pool, my habits were built to get up, go to the gym, eat right, check in, get, uh, get undressed, get my suit on, get to the water, get warmed up. Like I had those habits built. So the 2,000 yards awesome. was just next. It wasn't like, oh, fuck, this daunting task of swimming 2,000 <laughs> yards. It was like, okay, next is swim one, then two, then three laps, then get to, you know, get to whatever that is, 100 and, uh, 
100, 100 laps, yeah. I think. Yeah, something like 100 laps. Yeah. And it sounds daunting, but not with the mindset from a trained swimmer all my life. You know, it's, it's not daunting. It's like, just go. You got to go. Just keep going. So it, it's, it's um, small steps, small steps, everybody. Just small steps. Yeah, small. I mean, even just when I started my swimming, I mean, I literally had to go to the pool and I was learning how to float. So here I am, a grown-ass man, floating in the pool, and these kids are like 10 years old, beating my ass in the pool. And it, was, it was humbling, but you know what? I'm making, I'm making baby steps. Yeah, I'm totally. celebrating the small wins. I love that. Robert, man, thanks for being on here. you got a great story, man. I really enjoyed having you on here, and, and, uh, and, and you know, super grateful for everything that you're doing for the world, man. Was it yeah, you too. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate the time today and great seeing you. Absolutely. And everybody, if you want to learn more about Robert, his, his companies, his book, his podcast, The Commercial Landscaper, uh, you'll see it in the show notes, mentalpurposepodcast.com. Until then, catch you on the next one. Cool.